Hey, my name is Alina. Welcome to the Unraveled Podcast. My name is Nina. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about all things real estate, life, business. So what are we drinking today? Okay, so I know the last episode we forgot to mention Mm -hmm. the drink, which is actually one of my favorite drinks. So I made a Moscow Mule in the last episode. Um, Again, one of my favorite drinks. Um, I like to add like different flavors in there to kind of spruce it up so it's not just your basic Moscow. Um, But today I made something a little more basic. It was, what what was it called again? What the recipe say? I think it was like a white wine spritz. It's basically a cocktail. You said that use a white wine and then just like some soda water yeah it's light airy. it's very good it's it's like a summer drink yeah almost. or if it's hot outside it's good good way to kind of end the in mm-hmm. the summer um so i'm pretty it's pretty it's pretty basic but it's still good yeah um so yeah and it was different i haven't made a lot of cocktails with wine before um so i figured i'd try something you know simple today had a lot of extra bottles of wine <laughs> from my last event. So I figured, you know, yeah. why not utilize them? Yeah. Um, so for quite some time now, I know we've talked about this. People will ask me, what's it like to get into real estate? What's some advice? You know, if you're brand new or you're thinking about getting into real estate, what's your experience? Um, and so I figured we should talk about that a little bit because I know everyone comes from a different background and has gone through different things and experienced different things. And so for you, what is something you would tell somebody who is either brand new or thinking about getting into real estate? What's your advice for them? Um, And let me just disclose this. This is more of Georgia. Some Mm -hmm. of the information can be kind of general. um, But one of the things I would say is like, obviously you have to take for Georgia, you have to take a 75 hours, 75 hours, right? Mm -hmm. A 75 hour course to get to obtain your license. And then you Mm got to take your state exams and all that kind of stuff to really obtain your license. Um, But that's like the bare minimum that teaches you nothing. Um, It basically just goes over what not to do. I feel like me personally, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's basically what the course teaches you. Um, I feel like being hands-on in the industry, rather you get to work for someone as an admin, um, an assistant, a transaction coordinator, just anything you get to do to kind of get hands-on is where you're going to learn whether or not you want to be in this industry or not. Mm -hmm. I've had a ton of people shadow me just to see whether they, whether they want to do it or not. And nine times out of 10, they end up not doing it. Yeah. Um, so I think people see like the, I think people see selling sunset and, you know, all the glamors of real estate, but you don't see like the nitty gritty behind the scenes and, you know, putting deals together at 12 AM. Mm-hmm. Um, just things, just things like that. People don't really get to see, um, not to deter anyone from the business, but this is like real, this is real daily stuff that we deal with Yeah. and having to hold a contract together, um, dealing with the other party, not cooperating or your clients not cooperating, um, but there's just so many aspects of real estate that, you know, people don't see in the course. Um, my first piece of advice is like dabble in the industry before you just decide to spend a couple hundred dollars on a class, like mm-hmm. shadows, again, shadow someone, you know, interview another agent, see if this is the right fit for you before you spend the money and waste the time. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you truly enjoy it. Like I was an assistant, um, for about a little, almost a year before mm-hmm. I really, before I took my class and got my license, but that allowed me to see if this was the industry for me or not before I really wasted my time. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know how social media kind of shows the highlight reel in a way? I think between social media and TV shows, there's so much glamour and wealth associated with real estate and being a realtor. And I'm sure that's true for some, but 
in order to get there for most people, there's so many other things that go on behind the scenes that are not highlighted. Correct. So if you really want to get into the industry, shadowing somebody, interning with somebody, just what you say is great because you don't know if you actually like it unless you start to really see the day in day out process. Mm -hmm. You know, the closings are great. Getting dressed up and going to events is great. All that. But what about crawling through a crawl space? What about the terminations? What about the oh, calls at midnight? You know, what about an agent that refuses to call you back? What about, I mean, there's so many things, yeah. you know, from point A to point B, all the steps to get you there. And it can be wonderful. And it's part of the journey. It's part of the business. But do you actually enjoy that? I personally think that it's too easy to, to become a realtor. Yeah. But not everybody succeeds. Correct. Yeah. It's, but you know, to get the license though, I think it's too easy. No, I agree. Um, and there's so it only took me like eight tries, but you know, I got it. <laughs> well, so interestingly <laughs> enough, when um, full disclosure, I was bad in school. I, oh, you and me both. You know, my talents were in music and art, not test taking. <laughs> so when I was studying for my real estate license, the way I learned was different. So you have to really understand how you learn. So if you're studying for your test right now, or you have like maybe failed a couple times and you're frustrated. What I did was I have to understand if I'm reading, I'm not comprehending that information. I needed to listen or I needed to watch. And so adjusting how you study, man, that made a huge difference for me. I was able to pass, but again, I still think it's too easy to pass because there's so many things after you pass, you have to be in compliance. You need to be ethical. You have to understand the business. It's so multi-layered. And I mean, you really don't know or learn until you start doing it, which is crazy. I agree. I agree. But, but also, I know you mentioned earlier in the past that you, you know, you had that mentor and so did I, mm -hmm. um, well, really not even a mentor. Like I worked for this office and they just kind of guided me and showed me everything, um, which I'm very, very thankful for that experience that I had and that, in that education that I had there. Um, I think, I think a lot of agents are always open to being able to help the next generation or help the next agent kind of. Mm -hmm. um, grow. I know I always have been, you know, people ask me all the time, like, what do you do? And I'm more than happy to kind of open my playbook and help you with that. Um, at the end of the day, like it's, it's, there's always going to be a lot of agents like at the end of the day. And you, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to help anyone further their success in the industry. I'd love to see other people grow and be better than me. Heck. Um, so I think it's very valuable to kind of find that person that's willing yeah. to open their playbook for you and show you the ropes and guide you through the process. Um, rather that's most of the time, most of the time people aren't expecting anything out of return for it. They just want to see the growth and want to mm -hmm. see you be successful. Um, but finding that person, connecting with that person, um, that is a, that plays a huge catalyst in, you know, where you end up going in real estate. Yeah. Um, cause there's every transaction is entirely different. Yeah. Um, and I've closed numerous transactions over the years and I can literally tell you every transaction is entirely different. Mm -hmm. Um, you will have hiccups that are just unexpected or things that you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. Like I've been in the industry for over five years now and I've probably had several transactions this year that mm -hmm. have just been entirely different that I'm like, yeah. what do I do? But you know, I figured it out. Yeah. And until you have that experience, you don't know, unless, you know, there's someone who's already been through that, who has the knowledge and the experience and the resources to give you some advice or suggestions. Um, but also that goes back to being creative correct? and trying to brainstorm and think of how things go. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was building my real estate team, I told my agents like never 
just let a deal go. Like make sure you've exhausted every single resources to save the deal. Um, and I said, if you've, if you've, you know, if you've thought of everything and you can't anymore, make sure you consult with me because I'm like, I'm as creative as it gets. Mm -hmm. I'm going to think of every back road possible to take to make sure that our clients get to closing. Um, so that's another thing that I would say is very important is, you know, either again, having someone to discuss those things with about trying to get through those transactions that can be a little difficult. Yeah. And I think your client will see that too. Even if a deal falls through or it doesn't work out or you have to terminate, they will see that you have tried everything, everything. possible to make the deal work. You've tried every negotiation. Because, you know, there's two parties. You can't control the other side. Right. But I really think it matters, that level of customer service to the client. But then that comes with experience, you know. There's so many ways a deal can fall apart. I always tell my clients, we don't close until we close. You know, just because we have an offer or a contract or a past due diligence, that that really doesn't mean anything. There's been so many times where a week before closing, two days before closing, something blows up. But finding a way to keep it together, that is a niche skill that you definitely don't learn from the book work or the test, you know. So... I know for me, before I was ever licensed, I got a coach. Because for me, I, I was clueless. I needed to... Explain what a coach is. So, I mean, I kind of mentioned in a previous episode that it was... I came out from a bad time. I was going through things personally. So, I kind of needed not only a real estate coach, but a life coach. And he's not a life coach, but he talks a lot about your mindset and habits and things like that. And that was perfect for what I needed at the time. And so before I was ever licensed, before I sold my first house, I got that coach first. I highly suggest if you can afford it, that getting a coach is really valuable. Um, because not only do you have that knowledge and resources, but then other people in the community. And for me, it made the biggest difference. Really, actually, they were the one to tell me that I need to switch brokerages when I did. Um, because we looked at my P&L and it really didn't make sense. So different things that maybe I would have been too scared to do. But from an outside perspective, they can it see. It just made sense. You know, or video content, for example. You know, I was told that I'd be fired if I didn't make video content. And of course, you know. The coach said he was going to fire you. Yes. That's some hell of an accountability. And so, you know moving into a space where you may not feel 100% comfortable, but it's still something good, something you need to do. And, you know, looking back between the coach and between that lovely lady who helped me, I mean, without those two, who knows? You know, but it goes to show learning from people is important. Um, Great. Do you ever have people like DM you? I'm curious. Ask about, like, asking real estate questions? Oh, yeah. Um, yes, all the time. And I <laughs> happily... Me. Um, you know, answer any questions that they have, you know, mm-hmm. m- yeah, all the time. Do they ever say thank you? No. <laughs> okay. Sometimes they do. Um, and it's not that, you know, I'm like, you know, I, but at the end of the day, like I'm taking time out of my day to like yep. explain the process to you, um, encourage you to do it, you know, hope that you take the right path in doing it. Yeah. Um, and it's just nice to, you know respect the time that someone gives you when they, I've even, I've even called, set up calls with people that have DM'd me just to, you know, explain that to them, to help them decide whether or not this is an industry that you want to go into. Like I'm always more than willing and happy, Mm -hmm. able and willing to do that for people. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something interesting. Um, you know, 
people will DM me and they'll just ask me, where do you get your leads? Where do you get your leads? How do you answer that? By working? <laughs> I, don't necessarily, I don't necessarily have people ask me where do I get my leads from as much as um, like, how do you get into real estate? Like, what yeah. do you, what does that process look like? Um, mm-hmm. and I think, and I think it's, I think it's funny that you mentioned that because some people think that, you know, like real estate is so easy, but mm-hmm. it's sales. Yeah. So you have to be able to bring in the business. Um, and it's not handed to you. No. So people ask where your leads coming from. Like that's not handed to you. Like you had to go out and hunt for that business or work your spear to get that business that you have. It's not point blank. Like this is where I get my leads from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I think there's a lot of misconceptions, you know, people, especially I feel that in 2020 and 2021, when houses were flying off the market, people thought, oh yeah, this is great. Let's get into the industry. Or maybe mm-hmm. people that were retiring decided, well, let's have a last hurrah, you know? And now that the market has changed as it always does, they're facing challenges that they didn't expect. It's definitely not as easy. You can't just take cell phone pictures of a house, put it on the market and get offers a hundred thousand over asking price. You know, you actually market. Correct. And so I'm actually glad this is happening because there's a lot of people that have joined the industry that probably were not prepared. And those professionals that know the business are constantly trying to work and improve and serve their clients, regardless of the market. Those are the people that will be sustained. And I feel like for buyers and sellers, they should really look at those people that are staying in the industry through a market that's up and down, because those are the people you want to work with, Mm -hmm. you know, regardless. Um, But an agent too, who's actually truly performing. Correct. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Um, it's funny. Sometimes I'll have buyers where we submit an offer and you know, the agent, they've been in the industry for a hundred years. <laughs> they know much more than you do, you know? Right. Right. And naturally you want to kind of be spicy right. back to them, but you have to kind of understand maybe where they're coming from, but it's important to look at how active you are in the market. Agreed. Because, because that's going to affect your representation. Exactly. I mean, 2023 is different than 2022, different than 2021 and 20, you know, so on and so forth. Every yeah. year is a bit different. Yeah. So if you sold a house back in 2015, it's a different it market. It's not the same. It's you know? not the same. Uh, um, going back to you mentioning, you know, agents being in the industry for a hundred years. I actually was representing a seller. Um, this was, it, the deal closed probably like a couple months ago, but I got an offer from this agent who was older than me, has been in the industry longer than me. She, it was just a normal purchase and sales. Um, it did have a sales contingency. She made an offer with a 25 day due diligence period. And I was like, she thought and she was like, she thought that was normal. And I was like, absolutely not. Like we cannot take an offer wait, with wait. a 25 day due diligence period. Wait, 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 So they had a home sale contingency yes. with a kickout clause? No kickout clause. And, and that, and that was 60 days. Yeah. And then she tried to, she tried to sneak in that little 25 day due diligence period. And I told my clients, I was like, that is not normal, and I would not advise you to do a 25-day 25 25 day due diligence period. Was and I told like her a, the most we would do is 10 days. Was it Because house? he wanted... Yeah, it was a house. Huh. It, was a, it was a normal house. It wasn't like a crazy... No, they had their house in Florida that they had to sell, so she wanted her clients to come up for the home inspection. I said, that's mm-hmm. more than fine, but you can do that in 10 days. It does not yeah. take 25 days. And um, she, you know, came back and she reduced it and she changed it and, you know, whatnot. 
Um, but then she made her appraisal contingency in 90, like not 90 days, I'm sorry, 60 days. I and I was like, like and I was like, heck no, we're not taking a 90 day appraisal contingency. That's done within the first yeah. two to three weeks of being under contract. Mm-hmm. So then I had, you know, I had to kind of educate her on that. So eventually she revised her, she revised her offer. We went under contract mm-hmm. and we, you know, the deal closed. But again, like if you're, if you're working with someone who hasn't done a lot of deals um, and who isn't. I mean, I don't know what the market was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Maybe that was acceptable then. Yeah. But now it's not. Like, nobody mm-hmm. would take an offer to per, with a 25-day due, due diligence period, unless you're buying land, maybe. Yeah. But um, there has to be some reason. <laughs> you know, the house has to be either... Not even some reason, like some logical reason. You know, like, if the house has been on the market for a long, long time, you're their only offer, you obviously have more leverage. But I mean, we were on the market for a little longer than normal. I think we were on the market for... Maybe 60 days at that point. But that's still, like, incredibly abnormal. Yeah. Yeah, no. You know, or that's what I'm saying. Sometimes a longer due diligence is typical depending on the property. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but, you know, some realtors, they have their license and they just help family and friends. You know, they're not actively selling real estate mm-hmm. as a full-time uh, job or position. And so it's funny you should mention kickout clause because just this week I'm working with a buyer who's also a seller who is – submitting offers that has kickout clause. So we have her house listed. It's under contract. The buyer on her house is cash. So we're pretty secure to close. Technically, could it still fall through? Sure. But we're moving forward. We find a house. This house has been on the market for 90 days. They took it off the market. They put it back on a week later. New pictures, trying to make it look new. And so we went to look at it. It has the same agent or different company. Different company, different agent. So I'm representing okay. the seller, also the buyer. So she's basically selling the house and moving closer to her family. Okay. Uh, so she's moving to Jefferson and we looked at the house. It's not perfect, but it could work. So we put in an offer with the home sale contingency, but we asked for, hey, can we have two weeks without a kickout? And then we'll go into kickout just to kind of protect the seller. They would not take that kickout. That's all right. We're confident that we can close. So we proceeded. So we get an inspection and we also have that seller's disclosure. So on the seller's disclosure, it talks about, is there asbestos in the property? No. Is there any leaks? No. Well, the inspection revealed asbestos, leaks, electrical issues. I mean, to say extensive, like $25,000 work. Do you feel like the seller knew about those issues? That's speculation. I'm sure I'm not allowed to comment. (laughs) Now, the part where there was asbestos, it was connected to the furnace, and conveniently, the gas was turned off. So, Mm. well, my client was still wanting to move forward. We could still make it work, but she wanted to have a couple more due diligence days to figure out how much everything was going to cost because she may not be able to afford. Sure. So I called the agent and said, hey, option A, we can go ahead and request the d- reduced price or we can extend due diligence by a couple of days and see how much everything's going to cost. We may not ask for anything. They said, no, we are not going to extend your due diligence and the seller will only contribute $1,000. And the work in this home that was not untouchable. correct. It was not cosmetic work. It was strictly safety, health and safety was well over probably forty five, fifty thousand dollars. So we terminated because they needed us more than we needed them. 
and they don't have any other offers. So it's very interesting. Some people will play hardball without options. And I just thought of that when you mentioned kickout clause. And that's so unfortunate because in that situation, I personally, not knowing, like just from looking on the outside in and kind of just hearing what she said, I feel like the agent didn't properly represent her seller because as an agent, our job is to inform and educate our clients. And you know, your house has been on the market for over a hundred days. This is the only offer that you've got. And a lot of the concerns that you bought to them indicated that these are again, safety hazards, structural hazards, like in that box that any buyer, any buyer would find concerning. Mm -hmm. So regardless if they have to wait another hundred days to find the next buyer, that same buyer is going to have those same concerns, whether mm -hmm. the seller makes those repairs or not, they still have to be addressed in some way, rather it's a price reduction too. Mm -hmm. So they're going to end up in the same situation again, but it's going to take another hundred days to get there, which mm -hmm. in my mind makes absolutely no sense to me why you wouldn't have tried to work out that deal. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, we moved on to another house and I wish them the best of luck to get that home sold. Right. That's all you can do. That's all well, you can do. I think that's our time for today. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week. We will release a podcast every Wednesday. You can find us on social media or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week. Bye.